Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herth Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is a good friend, Chris Hobbs, Dr. Chris Hobbs. He's a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the director of athletics at the King's Academy down in Palm Beach County. Chris, welcome to the program. Jake, thanks for having me on, and, and thanks for all your efforts to produce some great content that, that a lot of us are learning from. Okay, well, definitely my pleasure. We've had a lot of fun. Well, you know how busy the life of an athletic director is these days, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So share a little bit about uh, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and maybe how that love of sports uh, led to your first teaching and coaching job. Yeah, yeah. Um, raised by two educators. Uh, my father has been a, a school administrator for most of his career. Uh, right outside of Philadelphia in South Jersey. Uh, it's a tiny state, and yet we are very, very adamant that there's South Jersey, Central Jersey, and North Jersey. Uh, but So I was raised in South Jersey right outside of Philly uh, at a, uh, a small school that my father was uh, the principal of. Uh, and for many years, he was also the basketball coach. Uh, my mother was a teacher in the school. And so me and my two younger brothers, uh, we spent enormous amount of hours uh, on that school campus uh, particularly as my father worked either coaching hours uh, while we were, you know, young, or he worked administrator hours. And so um, it was the, the 1980s. So we spent a tremendous amount of time on that campus unsupervised after school. And honestly, it was a great way to grow up. Uh, three, you know, three boys running around. Uh, we had tons of great friends. And so, uh, but because of my father's role as a coach, uh, that obviously hooked us really fast. He was a three-sport athlete. Um, in a uh, public school in South Jersey, um, started quarterback, you know, he was the starting third baseman, he was the starting shooting guard, and it was a smaller public school, so I, if I remember the stories right, he even played the trumpet in the band at halftime during the football games, and so uh, it was real small school life for him growing up, and he passed that on to us, and so we were all multi-sport athletes, and we loved it, you know, right, right from day one, I loved everything about the sport experience, I loved the practices, I loved the coaches, I loved my teammates, I loved the uniforms, I loved the bus trips, you know, in some bizarre subconscious way, I even loved all the winning and all the losing, you know, like just all of it was just phenomenal. Um, I say often it put lightning in my veins. Uh, and so that really 
laid the groundwork for me to be deeply impacted by coaches uh, because I just love sports so much and they were the leader of what I loved. Uh, and so had some wonderful coaches in high school that saw sport as a means to grow young men, to disciple young men, uh, growing up in faith-based schools. Uh, and so that had a huge impact on me on a lot of levels. Uh, and then had chance, had a, had a really nice small high school basketball career. Uh, and then as a result, got the chance to play small college basketball up in Scranton, Pennsylvania uh, at um, Baptist Bible College, Division Three school up there. It's now Clark Summit University. Um, and for the, all of you out there that are fans of the show, The Office, uh, that show does an incredible job depicting Scranton. It really is like that, you know. So, um, so had an incredible four years there uh, playing college basketball and played for a man that outside my father had the biggest impact on my life. Uh, Mike Shaw was his name. And he was just, he was insanely passionate in all the right ways. Uh, and so really, really, I learned a lot about him, a lot from him, not only about the game of basketball, but how to live life on purpose, how to live life pursuing excellence, uh, how to live life in a way that, that would honor the Lord, you know, with faith being a big deal for us. And so huge impact in my life. I uh, had a good enough co small college basketball career that I had some opportunities to play in Europe. Um, but um, I was about to get married, uh, and so uh, me and my soon-to-be wife, we had to consider going into education together. My wife's a teacher, um, or we were going to go to, like, England. I think I had an offer from England, a team from England, a team from Spain, and a team from Germany, and they were going to pay me literally almost nothing, but I was going to have free housing. I was going to get to run around the countryside of Europe, play basketball, or I could just jump into coaching and teaching. Uh, and so we, we took the path of least resistance there, and I jumped right into teaching and coaching. And haven't regretted it, never looked back, loved it from day one. Uh, so, you know, in a matter of 12 months, I went from playing my, my senior year college basketball uh, to coaching 13 and 14 year olds in middle school basketball. I was their phys ed teacher, I was their coach, and um, I, I, I treated them like they were the Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, it was such a big deal to me. And when it's a big deal to the coach, it becomes a big deal to the kids. And so that just evolved 20 years later. Uh, here I am at the King's Academy, blessed to be surrounded by a lot of great people at a wonderful school with some, some pretty fun resource to do some, some great stuff. Uh, those uh, very similar as far as the, uh, the upbringing part, at least for my kids, you know, they uh, grew up uh, in that school uh, environment. So I know just what you're talking about. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you made the, uh, the jump from Jersey down to uh, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, after college, I taught and coached in a small private school right outside Washington, D.C. for seven years. Um, and during that time, I, I kind of fell butt backwards into being the athletic director much earlier than expected. I went in there really loving athletics and sincerely just wanting to, to help as best I could. So um, I quickly became the unofficial assistant AD. Uh, I jumped in. I was lining fields. I was dragging fields. You know, I was setting up gymnasiums for games. And I just loved it. Loved it. You know, 22, 23, 24 years old. And then the AD who I worked under was kind of the patriarch, if you will, of the athletic department at that school. Um, and he surprised everyone and took the high school principal opening um, that became available, which no one really thought he ever would, uh, but he did. Um, and I found this out much later. He, he directly requested that the school board ask me to be the athletic director um, because um, he just, he and I got along great and um, he knew how fired up I was about athletics. So at 27 years old, I'm an AD of a pretty healthy private school program, and um, they were gracious enough to let me stub my toe a whole bunch of times figuring out how to be an AD, uh, but loved it. Absolutely loved it. No one would fault me for not loving it. Uh, and then I moved back to New Jersey after that to be an AD um, at a wonderful school called Timothy Christian School. 
Um, one of only a few private schools and one of the largest public school conferences in the state of New Jersey. It's kind of the way things work up there. And that's where I really got to rub shoulders on a regular basis with some really high level educational leaders that happen to be athletic directors. A um, bunch of uh, men and women that were in the NJSA Hall of Fame as ADs. They were in the Hall of Fame as former coaches. They were just wonderful, wonderful people. And man, they embraced me quickly started throwing me onto committees, maybe because I was stupid enough to volunteer for all the committees, but they started throwing me right into the, into the mix. And man, that was an important time for me. And I really saw how exciting and how fulfilling high level athletic administration can be in regards to leading inside of schools. And so um, that led to six degree separation and landing in Florida here. Um, a friend that I had that was down here pitched a crazy idea at me. Um, it, and uh, after a couple months of bothering me about it, um, it didn't seem so crazy anymore. Next thing you know, uh, four years ago, I landed here at the King's Academy, and it has been a whirlwind in a really good way uh, for four years here. Well, we're glad to have you down here in Florida. Uh, you mentioned earlier um, the impact that your dad had on you, uh, the impact of your college coach and athletic administration. We always talk about the importance of leadership and mentorship. Uh, who are some of the other mentors that you've had that you can still hear their voice, uh, their encouragement, their direction uh, as you uh, work with your coaches and kids each day? Yeah, uh, I do feel blessed, Jake. I feel like I have always been surrounded by strong leadership. Um, my grandfather uh, was, a, was a Baptist pastor, and so it was very normal for me to see my grandfather standing up leading groups. My father was a school leader. Uh, and so uh, certainly uh, my grandfather's presence, I remember that um, a lot of what my, my father, my father was very intentional about passing along the things he believed in, the things he valued. And so uh, obviously I took a lot from that. Um, Alan Edgar was the first AD that I ever worked under and then ultimately ended up taking his place when he took that principal job I was talking about. Um, and I'm sitting in my office. Uh, I go from being a phys ed teacher to being a full-time AD. Like I don't have any teacher responsibilities. And I'm thinking I hit the big time, right? And I, I, I sit down in my, my office uh, first day, and Alan walks in. And Alan was so great to me. Um, he was a veteran AD. He was passionate about it. And, man, he really did an incredible job supporting a young AD who was really leading a department that he had built. Alan walked in, and he looked at me. I'm sitting at my desk. Uh, he says, Chris, he says, don't do anything. Just sit there. He said, and when the phone rings, he said, everything else will take care of itself. <laughs> Let me tell you something. About three minutes, he walked out. About three minutes, that phone rang, and it's been a 17-year whirlwind since. So Alan had a big impact on me. Um, and uh, the first piece of advice he gave me after that was, Chris, when in doubt, pick up the phone and confirm something. You know, this is before, you know, we had, you know, we were using email aggressively and texting and online databases to track all of our schedules still a lot of phone going on. So uh, that was great advice, you know, confirm, confirm, confirm. Uh, and then Bill Bills, uh, when I transitioned to New Jersey, I took over for another Patriarch AD who stayed in the building. Uh, his name was Bill Bills. Uh, he's in the NJSI Hall of Fame as a coach. He's got over a thousand varsity wins in three different sports. Um, he just retired after 47 years at the same school. Um, and he was an icon and for nine years, um, I passionately led the athletic department at Timothy Christian School, but it was always Bill's department. <laughs> and probably one of the smartest things I ever did accidentally was never fight against the fact that it was always Bill's department. You know, after the, the amount of years and time he had put in, I mean, Jake, he was coaching the kids of his former players 
um, towards the end of his career. And so he was just a mainstay and icon. And he was great to me as well. He was tremendous. Um, and he really taught me the importance of being extremely type A as an AD. I'm extremely detail oriented. Um, I can turn it off and on professionally. Um, over, after 20 years, you know, I'm, I, I believe I'm fairly um, detail oriented, but I can turn that off. I can go home and relax and be a little bit type B. Um, Bill was type A 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you know, and so Bill passed a lot of that on to me, which was really good for me professionally. So those would be some of the other mentors that had a big impact in my life. That's great stuff. Um, you alluded to it just a little bit, but I'm going to ask you to uh, share. Uh, in your time, even going back to when you were a coach, but in, in your time as an athletic director, you've been in a couple different schools. How has the job, the daily job of an athletic director changed, you know, in the last, you know, let's say 15, 20 years? Yeah. Yeah, I would say there's two things for me um, that I would it, uh, that I would really point to. Number one, um, the intentional efforts that have to be put in to prioritize student safety and student health are at all time highs right now. Um, so we have a director of sports medicine. You know, it, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, who in the world in the high school level had a director of sport medicine? You know, we have a director of sport medicine here who is also our full time athletic trainer. Um, but we will bring in athletic trainers to support him. He has interns with him. It's its own functioning department uh, simply because the, the safety and health of student athletes has become such a high priority. I think it's the life of living in 2020 uh, with the age of the internet and the way we all have access to information. When you become, it's not that concussions weren't a big deal 20 years ago. We just weren't aware of how big a deal concussions were. But with that awareness comes a responsibility. And so I would say the health side of things are a huge deal. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is, um, I'll steal a line from Scott Eblin, um, is a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote a book called The Next Level. And it's really talking about transitioning up to executive level of thinking in your leadership. One of the things Eblin says is that the work no longer speaks for itself. Um, and what he's alluding to is there's so much information we're consuming in 2020 uh, that leaders have to be intentional in speaking out for the great things that their people are doing. Um, and that easily transitions into the world of social media. Uh, and so I, I think ADs have to have to take it very, very personally to figure out ways to openly speak about the great work that's happening with their coaches, with their kids. And, and for the ADs, it's, it's never about the AD. Um, you know, it's, it's really about you just happen to sit in a seat that gives you an opportunity to celebrate all this great stuff happening inside your department. Um, but you got to make sure that you're speaking out how great a job your coaches are doing, speaking out how great a job your kids are doing. And, and the advent of social media has made that easier to do than ever, but probably even more urgent to do than ever as well. So those are the two things, the safety of student athletes and speaking up on behalf of your department are, are two things that I think have changed drastically in the last 10, 15 years. Oh, excellent points. And again, on, on your second one, uh, I think we all saw not just the need, but a tremendous opportunity this past spring and summer to, you know, intentionally promote uh, those student athletes and those teams who had lost their season. Uh, and there were some really neat things uh, going out there. Let's go and talk about COVID for a little bit. Uh, certainly, uh, it had its impact in the spring and continues to impact uh, our nation. Uh, we've seen the response in Florida, both you and I are in Florida. Um, what were some things that you did at the King's Academy last spring 
to kind of keep your kids, your coaches, your teams connected? And what are some things that you're doing right now? And again, we understand the response in Florida is different, but what are some things that you're doing at the Kings Academy right now as we prepare for fall season? Yeah. Um, so I, because there were so many great ADs out there uh, in the world of the internet doing great stuff, you know, we all got to jump in and learn and listen from so many incredible people. And one of those would be, I got to set an on my interview with the sports psychologist for the University of Miami's athletic department. Um, and he talked early on in our COVID experience about, there was like nine things, nine keys uh, to managing your team, staying connected to your team via the internet, via Zoom or email, text, and how things with the crisis of COVID had made these nine things, you know, that they, they weren't commonplace anymore. They, they should not be assumed. And so one of those ideas that I stole is how important faces and voices are um, during the COVID experience. We were so disconnected from each other physically that to be able to use uh, the advent of technology to prioritize voices and faces. And so we really tried to make that the, if you will, the, the, the stake in the ground on a lot of our really social media initiatives. Um, I wanted our community to see the faces and hear the voices of our coaches, of our student athletes, of our directors. I, I've got a few directors in the department here. Um, and so the other thing we really tried to take advantage of in that lines of faces and voices is we did a ton of uh, live stuff through InstaLive and Facebook Live um, just because the unpolished nature of those live events is very authentic and people were really, really starving for authenticity during such a bizarre time in our lives that in many ways is, is still going on. Uh, and so that would be one of the things we did. We did a ton of social media initiatives like many people did. Um, and so those are the reasons we did them though. We wanted to prioritize the face and the voice of our people to create connection and we wanted to really be um, authentic. And so we did a lot of live behind the scenes stuff, lots of interviews with coaches, you know, I would meet a couple coaches uh, on site late, you know, at seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night. And we would announce it a couple of days building up, you know, we're going to go live with coach Jacob Webb, who's our head boys lacrosse coach. And we're going to have Jacob Webb, you know, share some thoughts on this year's senior class, you know. And so we, we just did a ton of raw behind the scenes stuff. We did front yard signings, you know, so a lot of kids in the spring missed their signing days. And so we took signing day to them. Uh, me and my staff, we would just plan with the parents, hey, we're going to show up in your front yard with our media backdrop, our table, our tablecloth, uh, the paperwork, you know, all you got to do is make sure that you're in the college's gear, you know, of where your child's headed, and we will take care of the rest. And we pushed all that out through live events on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and so th those were some of the things we did virtually uh, to try and keep really our community connected to our school through our athletic department. Well, looking at um, the approach to fall sports, uh, and again, I know, uh, you know, you and I are in different situations than maybe a lot of the schools in Florida, but uh, what are you doing right now with your kids and coaches as we prepare uh, to return? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, like we said, you know, I'm the director of athletics here at the Kings Academy in West Palm Beach, um, and I'm blessed that uh, my executive team here was very supportive of um, prioritizing safety while still bringing the student athletes back. So what that means for us is um, we have brought a variety of our fall teams back to campus for conditioning this summer with mandates of social distancing, 
uh, masks on inside of the weight room, uh, one young person per rack, no shared equipment at all so far this summer. Um, we have had, um, obviously we're screening every kid in um, to make sure that we catch anyone that might have some concerning symptoms. And so that's kind of how we've navigated it. Um, and then I've tried to stay very in touch with uh, my entire coaching staff, uh, my entire staff and my entire department uh, via the advent of Zoom. So we've Zoomed every, almost every single week this summer simply because I don't want them to feel disconnected. Sometimes the Zoom meetings are 15 minutes long, um, but I would prepare, bring an agenda so that it was worth their time. Um, and um, th those would be probably the two big things we've done, conditioning with all the safety protocols in place. Uh, so that we could keep the safety of the student athletes prioritized and then in a really concerted effort to stay connected all summer long with my coaches uh, because I really didn't know how long we were going to be disconnected because of COVID. You know, in June, you know, I wasn't a thousand percent confident we would even come back to school face to face, you know, and so I, and now I am, um, you know, we've been very aggressive there and, and very been able to put some resource in place so we can bring the kids back safely. But, um, you know, there was so much unknown that I thought it was really important to stay connected all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. We did a lot of the same things uh, at McClay. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, this past spring, in addition to COVID, we also saw the tremendous um, uh, increase uh, in awareness regarding uh, social issues uh, around the country. Uh, from your perspective, what are some things that, that we as athletic administrators, uh, what are some things that we can do better? Uh, with regard to, you know, these social issues in our students? Yeah, uh, I think one of the things that we can do better is just be aware of the history of sport as a platform for these matters. Um, if you go all the way back, even for, for those of you um, that um, are Bible readers, um, the Bible at the bare minimum is a historical book. Uh, and so um, you'll see that the Apostle Paul used athletics as a platform to pass along faith to his protege, Timothy. And that was in a time in the Greek culture when um, sports as a spectator experience were beginning to happen for the first time ever. Uh, and so Paul saw a platform to speak to much larger things than just competition. Um, and then you fast forward to the Olympics and the way so many countries across the history of the Olympics have used the Olympics as a platform uh, to say certain things. You know, there's been boycotts of the Olympics because countries weren't pleased with matters of social justice. There has been Olympians in the Olympics that have used their platform of success to draw attention. Uh, and then we see that a ton happening right now in 2020, uh, where the platform, pretty much every professional sport league is using their platform to draw attention to matters of social justice. And so I think as athletic administrators on the high school level, um, I think we have maybe not as grandiose a platform, you know, maybe it's not as broad, uh, but we certainly have a platform um, to use and to, if, if I could be so bold for anyone to think that sport is not a platform for that, well, you don't know the history of sport then. Uh, you're, you're missing the impact of sport. Um, and so um, I would say that's the first thing um, that athletic administrators, just, just to raise our awareness to the fact that we have a platform that's always been used for things bigger than just competition. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is having healthy conversation where we're listening um, is a big deal. You know, we're, we're always in a position as educators to have conversations um, about, to have conversations that we lead and we talk a lot. Um, and so getting, creating conversations where we can listen is a big deal and listen from very diverse groups. 
Um, you know, and, and this applies not only to matters of race, uh, but I think it applies to matters inside your department of gender. I think it applies to matters even of sport specificity. You know, as athletic administrators, we should make sure that um, the diversity of the sports we offer all feel like they're being heard. Uh, and so uh, I do think that it is a, a widespread, um, deep, it's deep and broad um, matters that, that we as athletic administrators have an opportunity to tackle with our communities. Oh, wow. Very, uh, very well said. Not just a, an opportunity, but a responsibility as well. Uh, let's go and shift gears a little bit. Um, what are some favorite uh, parts of your job as athletic director at the King's Academy? What gets you excited each morning uh, to come to school? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I'm in eighth grade. I'm a scrawny little middle school basketball player. Uh, and, um, I was, I was passionate. I loved it. I loved all, I played three sports and I loved basketball. And at, at, I was, I guess I was having a somewhat decent season and we're midway through the season. I just finished practice and coach Mo was my middle school basketball coach. He pulled me aside. He was a big barrel chested guy. Um, uh, he had a big Afro and this is in the early nineties when Afros weren't very cool at the moment, you know, but coach Mo just kind of had his own, own style and coach Mo took his big broad finger and he poked me in the chest. He said, you know what Hobbs? He said, you, you could be pretty good uh, if you stick with this and keep working. And that just put electricity in my veins. Um, and that really was probably the first major significant moment where a coach had a huge impact on me. And it is that impact, that coach to student athlete impact and how intense it can be. That's really what I love about being an athletic administrator is I get to set the table for my coaches to have that impact across every single student athlete that participates in every single sport that we offer. And so the experience that I had in basketball, um, I want my competition cheerleaders to have that same experience. I want my football players, my lacrosse kids, my swimmers. I, I think we have 24 different varsity teams here. I think it's 21 different sports, technically. I want every one of those sports and every one of those student athletes in those sports to have that exact same Coach Mo experience. And so I get to kind of cast that vision. I get to kind of craft that narrative. I get to kind of embolden my coaches to chase hard after that type of impact. So that gets me excited. And then celebrating the kids and celebrating the coaches. So many of our coaches, Jake, and, and every AD that's listening to this, this will resonate with you. So many of our coaches, particularly the ones that are really, really good, they, they almost don't even need us. But for one area. They really can't celebrate themselves. It's always awkward to celebrate yourself, right? And so these high-power coaches that we all have in our departments that are just doing an incredible job, ADs get to do the one thing that those coaches can't do for themselves, and that's celebrate them. And so I got to coordinate when I was an AD in New Jersey. I got to coordinate the induction into the NJSAI Hall of Fame for, uh, for Bill Bills, for Coach Bills. I got to run a variety of ceremonies in our school community for people that were just so excited for him. And it's the only thing that Coach Bills could not do for himself. I mean, he could have run that whole department with his eyes closed. You know, um, he could have run. He didn't need me talking to him about practice plans or scheduling. Like, so to do the one thing for him that he couldn't do for himself and to do it in a way that reflected so much attention and praise to him for a job well done. Uh, man, I just love those moments. Uh, and so um, that, that, those two things, the, the coach-student-athlete interaction, and then doing the one thing for coaches that I really think they can't do for themselves, but yet makes them feel like a million bucks, those, those two things get me fired up. Oh, no, again, you're absolutely spot on. You know, celebrating kids, 
on a daily and, and even a, a bigger stage. And then those coaches, you know, that's what we do. We're coaching those coaches. We got to, yeah. you know, let, let them know how much we appreciate them. Well, Chris, we, we've kind of flown through this. It's been great <laughs> listening to your, uh, your ideas, uh, but we always like to end with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Okay. Uh, you're getting ready to send out a brand new uh, rookie athletic director on their very first job but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. Okay. It's going to go into Chris Hobbs athletic director toolbox. Okay. Uh, the first one would be, this is going to be really, really old school uh, considering how much we're involved in technology nowadays, uh, a legal pad and a pen uh, and write everything down on the legal pad and pen. Uh, when a coach comes in to meet with you, write down what they're talking to you about. When, a, when one of your administrative teammates or one of your executive leaders comes in and says, write everything down that they talk to you about. Um, it's amazing how that will free your mind up. It actually acts as an external brain. That'll free your mind up to really focus and get some things done. Uh, the next thing I would recommend is, um, I'd recommend a subscription to Our School Today. Um, I am not their sponsor. I'm not getting any money for saying this. I've just found the Our School management system to be a very, very powerful tool for organizing your athletic department. Um, transportation, scheduling, um, coaches' databases, tracking certifications, tracking scores. Um, it is just a, a tremendous, tremendously powerful program that really is not expensive at all um, and will really set an, an athletic director up to organize the operation of their department at a really high level. Uh, and then the third thing I would give um, is a little trick of the trade that I've picked up maybe the last two or three years, and that's an app called Typogram. Um, and Typogram gives you the ability uh, to produce some images for social media to make you look way more skilled than you actually are. Uh, and so that's, uh, Jake, you probably understand this uh, better than I even do. There's so many tricks out there that make us look smarter than we actually are and make us look more skilled than we actually are. And when you find them, you got to hold on to them. And so Typogram uh, has been that for our athletic department here. Um, you, can put, you can put text on, on images. You can put watermarks on images. You can do all sorts of fonts and designs and, and throw it up there, and people think you got a graphic designer working for your department. Uh, and so those would be the three tools I would say, hey, you got those three things, you are, you are going to get off to a fast start there. Well, I, I've been an AD for uh, over 25 years. This is my 40th year as a teacher coach. And uh, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to go find out about Typogram. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing. Yeah. Chris, uh, always a pleasure to uh, visit with you. Um, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Jake, thank you for having me. Thanks for all you're doing to, to share great content so ADs can keep learning, man. Best to you. Okay, thank you, my friend. To our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the Educational AD YouTube channel. That's Educate, Ath, D-I-R, and F-I-A-A on YouTube. Thanks again for listening.